Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. And to start out via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he is a friend of the show. I often talk about how he has also been a huge part of my bed rest, meaning he has cured my snoring with Aurora Specialty Sleep Clinic. He is a former Big Ten Player of the Year. He's a former NBA player, the pride of Terre Haute South High School, and a 90s Hoosier, the sweet shooting left-hander Brian Evans joins us. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? John, that was the best, most powerful opening I've ever heard. Dude, I grew up just like you. That was awesome. I And, and this is what I want to gather because uh, unlike me, who was a big wimp and sucked and there's no way in the world I could have done what you did, <laughs> I, I would have loved to have done it. I want to get the angle from you because we, you and I were the same growing up and, and a lot of other people were the same as us growing up. But, but what made this overall experience of being a part of that program and being coached up by, if not the best, certainly one of the all-time greats of coaching on any level, what made it so significant for you? Oh, man, that's such a – let me start by saying I was asked to um, by the university to, like, you know, produce a quote. Not I say a quote, a statement, right, about his passing. And it could be as long as I want it to be. They want to put it on the Jumbotron tomorrow night, um, and I am freaking struggling to do it. Struggling. Because the significance is just so great, you know. Your question is so heavy to me because it, it's he was huge, just larger than life, so important to my my whole life, really. I mean, I, shoot, I got, to, I got to live out my dream because of the dude. It was uh, the best. I mean, just being coached by him, the focus, the determination, the enthusiasm, the um, shoot, the effort that he put into it was unbelievable. You just can't believe it. He was, he outworked everybody every day, trying to make his team win, trying to get every, get the, the like every ounce out of every guy on the roster. I was blown away. I was just like. When I first got there, I was like, holy this is – I don't know if I'm cut out for this. This guy is no joke. And he, he, the intensity was, was real, and he was so focused. Um, he, just, he just gave every ounce he had. So cool. You know, and, and this is what I think about, because I, I can never be in the shoes that you were in or you know, the former players or those that worked around him or even with what I do, those that, that covered him for so many years. And I'm going to talk to Mark Patrick a little bit later on. I mean, Mark, so many different times, you know, had one-on-one -on -one exclusive interviews with him. And, and I can't speak from any of those standpoints, but what I gather from just being around it, from being a basketball fan, from being a fan, and then growing older and maturing is that it wasn't always rose-colored glasses. It wasn't always great. I think it, it was such a life experience from zero to 60, it sounds like to me, 
for somebody like you in that program on a daily basis. I mean, some days it may be good and you're going, wow, this is great. I'm so glad this was my choice. And other days when you're thinking, man, I'd love to double back to Terre Haute and go someplace else. <laughs> Lickety right now, man. And, 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 and what occurs to me always is the good and the bad and everything always to me, it always is relation to life in general. Because that's our lives, man. I'm 53, going to be 54 year lo- years old, and I've experienced nearly everything right now. And you, over a four-year period, experienced that, again, from start to finish in a basketball program. So that's really the only way I think I can make anything relatable to what I've gone through compared to what you and, and others like you inside that basketball program, Brian, have gone through. Man, i, I got to tell you this, though. Like, I um, I wasn't like everybody else. I, I And I mean that. Like, I, I was really lucky in that I was a huge, huge fan. Uh, I said this at my uh, Hall of Fame speech. I got inducted to the IU Athletics Hall of Fame, which is such a, a you know, a, amazing thing to me. Um, and I, I finished by saying I am by far – the biggest fan, Indiana fan, that ever got to wear the candy stripes. I am. There's no question. And so I got to tell you, when I was there, as tough as it was, and believe me, it was not designed to be easy. I mean, that's not what he was doing. He was not trying to be your dad on campus and and come to me with your problems. It was this dude was trying to win and and make us graduate. That's it. Period. End of story. But I got to tell you, I – I really never had those feelings of, man, I got to get out of here. Now, he used to threaten to, you know, uh, send me back to Terre Haute on a Greyhound bus, you know, a lot. But I never wanted to leave. I I had so much fun uh, playing. I was improving. I knew I was getting better. I was getting better because of him. He was on my ass constantly. He never took a day off from coaching me, which was awesome. I, you know, didn't always love it every day when I was there thinking, this guy will not leave me alone, but it was working and I knew it. Um, but I will tell you this, I had such a great experience. He was, he was tough to deal with, but I'm telling you my first probably three years, so I was there five years, not four. You can't cheat me out of that red shirt year. Cause when you serve five years under him, I got a funny Michael Jordan story about that. I'll tell you some other time. Um, but I, I got to tell you the first, three years of being there when he'd come, you know, nose to nose with me and just really laying into me I, for three years. I couldn't help but think, Oh my God, Bobby Knight knows who I am. That's yeah. honestly what I thought. I was like, Holy <laughs> Bob Knight knows who I am. <laughs> and so that got me through three years. Now the last two years I was kind of like, okay, I've had enough. You got to get this guy out of my face. But honestly, that's how great it was. I was just such a huge diehard fan. I, you know, the chips, uh, fell in, you know, just just somehow for me to get there. And I wasn't a big recruit. I, I, if, if it was like it is today, I was probably a one-star recruit. I didn't have a bunch of offers. They weren't from big schools. My dream school was just, you know, IU, 100%. Never thought I was going to get recruited by him. And somehow, I, you know, chips fell in, in place, and there I was. I wasn't going to do anything except try to help him help me. That's what I did. And so I, we had a lot of guys that were disgruntled when he'd get on them. They'd, you know, curl up in a ball. We had guys, you know, tons of transfers that just weren't cut out to be there. I just loved it. I loved it. So Brian Evans, who was also the Big Ten Player of the Year, um, 
when you look back on it, and, and we talked about this before, in the NBA, you were coached by John Calipari with the Nets. I mean, you've, you've had different coaches, different coaching styles, uh, different relationships with coaches. Uh, I'm assuming some good, probably some bad as well. What, what, was, what was the difference between that and, and what you got in Bloomington between other aspects of how you were coached up? Oh, man. Listen, there's, there's only one of him. One. I mean, that's a, that is just a basketball genius, period. There is nobody close. I'm positive. Like, I played for Chuck Daly. You know, Chuck Daly was chosen to, to coach the 92 Dream Team, the best team ever assembled. They put Chuck Daly in charge. So, no slouch, right? Um, and he comes out of retirement to coach the Orlando Magic my second year. And I'm just telling you, at timeouts, I'm not in the game, and I'm just I'm watching like a, he's drawing up a play, or he's having his assistant drop a play. <laughs> and and Chuck was a great relationship guy. You know, he, he was he was picked to coach that dream team because of he, he knew how to manage big egos, right? Um, I was blown away at these timeouts, going, "What are we doing?" Like Coach would get us a layup right now. This is stupid. What is he doing? I, I was always just unimpressed with what I saw in a huddle from uh, every day after I left Bloomington till I stopped playing. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I played for Calipari with the Nets. Same thing. No, no one's even in the stratosphere with this dude. It was ridiculous. I saw him, you just think about it, five years, a lot of games. He, this guy never diagrammed the same play. Like I was thinking, I, I paid it close attention. It's we're at a timeout, late game situation. He gets us a layup. You know, and he draws it up, and I'm, I swear on my life he's doing it just – he's freestyling. He's freestyling plays. We get a layup. And, then, you know, the next season, we, same scenario. And I'm going, I wonder if he's going to drop that same play. I remember the play, right? I, I had a decent memory when it came to that stuff. I'm like, I bet we're going to do this. And I never saw the same play, ever. Never. So, Brian Evans, you joined – Well, think about this. What's we that? ran motion offense, which is just like – um, patterns and just it's like you decide I mean he empowered us to, yeah. to, to run an offense that that had no pattern because he believed sneak attack I think it goes to his military days like they're not going to know what we're doing if we're not calling you know three side or four up like if we're not going to call a play they're not going to know what we're doing so he let us do that every possession of every game is not calling plays from the sideline but in a late game scenario ball out of bounds under the basket or on the side the dude had 15,000 plays, a Rolodex, and they they were all money. <laughs> Crazy. So, Brian Evans with us. The one thing I mentioned before you came on, too, before I cut you loose, is that – and I know a lot of people, especially the younger generation, it, don't really get it. And I understand that's why we're here to help tell them and educate. And, and listen, you know, not everything, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, was rosy. But we're here to help educate them. But also I think – like us, if you're in my, your age bracket, if you're a little bit younger than us, maybe a little bit older than us, you understood the impact that he had before you stepped foot on campus in Bloomington, before I was even in high school, and you know how bigger than life he was, you know how a religion it became, and you also understand in a world in which our attention span is about the size of a gnat, there will never, ever be anybody in this state as big as life, as big as Bob Knight. That will never, ever happen again. Uh, 
I, I am not going to disagree with you one bit. I mean, not even close. He is the state of Indiana. The only the only person that's maybe you said Peyton. I heard that. Yeah. You know, I, I would say is Larry Bird in this in in that conversation. Yep. But he's so so associated with with Boston because because how great he was in Boston and yeah. my favorite player of all time. But uh, for me, for sure. How do we get the, these younger fans that, that that root for IU? They really don't know, and there's no way they could. But it was such an awesome, you know, it was just an awesome era to grow up in. Where I, I, I swear, I, I cannot believe that I got to play there. All right. So before I let you go here, did you find a quote in the last ten minutes that can suit the folks at IU for the montage tomorrow? No, man, I'm going to have to go work on this. I think I'm going to have to probably set up shop with a couple of drinks and um, <laughs> yeah. and figure that out later. I, it's going to take me some time. I, you know why? Part, partly because I want it to be perfect. Yeah. Hey, man, it's not going to be, though. And that's that's what I was talking about. That's That's life. And it's not going to be perfect. I mean, you had incredibly great times. You had some low times. And, you know, that's – I thought more so than not, never playing there, never being a part of the program, never really, other than the end, reporting on it. I always felt that that was kind of a perfect description of of that that era and, and what he ripped. I mean, it was it was life. That's that's what it was. It was really good, well, sometimes it, it, bad, it and that, that was life. We were never – I was never that down. I mean, think about it. It was my dream, right? I yeah. dreamed about it. I yep. got to do it because of him. I was never sad about it. Like – he tore into me probably worse than anybody during the t- years I was there. And I always, I always thought, man, I'm getting this time. I, this guy, he's giving me everything and he's helping me get better. I just, I never had a bad attitude about it. I'm not trying to be a hot shot. I just, I, I was like, well, am I going to call home and cry to my mom? I was, I was dreaming about this. I got to do it. I just, I just had a blast. All right, here's what you have to do. Is that a video tomorrow that you're going to be a part of, quote-wise, for the montage? No, I'm, just, I'm just sending in a, basically a, a, a text oh. of, of just me and my, my oh. thoughts. Just, you know, because I was thinking if it's a video, you got to put on that shoulder harness. I know you still have that. <laughs> you got to put that on. <laughs> oh, man, none of my clothes fit from back then. Stop it. <laughs> Dude, I, I appreciate you. Um, there are just some things. And I, I understand this, and that's a part of doing this job and doing it for such a long time. I understand there are some things that are just going to be better and, and more educational for folks out there coming from people that actually went through it. And I know that it's a tough day for all of you that played for him um, yeah. with you know the news setting in. But I thank you very much for coming on here and being a fantastic lead to this day. Thank you very much. Wow. Dude, thank you. You can hear the emotion in my voice because it is yeah. it's heavy. Yeah, I, I can tell. And um, we'll uh, we'll check up down the road and, and talk some, some hoops further down the road. Appreciate you, Brian. Right, great job today, man. Fantastic. It's uh, Brian Evans right there, the former Big Ten Conference Player of the Year. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, an incredible season a year ago for his Florida Atlantic Owls all the way to the Final Four. Um, equally as incredible as a history as he has in Greene County, Indiana, at Eastern <laughs> Green. Longtime friend of mine, the head coach of the Owls, it's Dusty May. How you doing, buddy? Good, John. How about you? Good. You know, it is um, – people had asked me about, you know, doing this type of show regarding Bob Knight – so that's really going to be hard. Um, the thing that I found difficult about it is I have so many emotions because of the times and the moments that, and I was with family and friends that I miss so severely from the past. I mean, it was just such an experience. I mean, it does draw up a lot of emotions. I, I didn't play for the guy. I wasn't about to play for the guy. I couldn't last. He didn't know me, Dusty. I'd have lasted about two seconds. He made me cry. I'd have gone home. That'd have been it. Um, and, love, and, yeah, he likes shooters. He loves shooters. He might well, have a chance. Once I got on the other end, it was going to be very problematic, Dusty, as we all know. But no, seriously, it just brings up so many incredible memories. And, and somebody like you that, that started your trek to where you are today as a manager within his program, uh, this has to be, you know, an, an incredibly profound day, moment, what have you as well. Yeah, John, I mean, I, I'm, I'm well aware that I don't want to say I, I would have 0% chance of being a college coach if it wasn't for Coach Knight, but I would say it's probably point zero 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 one percent chance of, of being where I am now if it wasn't simply for the experience of working for him, learning from the program, but also just the credibility that you attach his name to anything and you naturally assume that the person works hard, they're competent, they're passionate about the game, those types of things. So, um, yeah, it's it's the last, I guess, the last 24 hours have been, uh, I guess, I don't want to say a, a celebration of his life, but I mean, it's just brought so many people together and you share experiences. But, man, it's amazing how much we all learn from that guy. So Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, is with us. I know that, that you're an incredibly smart dude, and, and you probably keep lists and stuff. What's at the top of your list of stuff that, you know what, I'm glad I went through that because that's something I can take into what I do within my own program today. You know, it's it's the day-to-day uh, routine and approach that, that he worked where every detail is important. Nothing is, is overlooked. You build it year by year. Uh, you don't ever skip steps, but the thing that, that I've, I think I appreciate more now than ever is he knew what he wanted the game to look like, to feel like, and he had strong conviction that that was the right way to do it. And I think millions of us agree that the way he saw the game is the way it should be played with uh, selflessness, uh, with intensity, with physicality. Uh, with great teamwork, and then also factoring in like some creative strategy. He was very creative, strategic uh, on on both strategically on both sides of the ball. So, and I can go on and on about what all I learned from just being such a small, small piece of of that program. So, Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, is with us via the the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, how was your time as a manager when he was the coach there? 
I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, as you know, John, we grow up idolizing Indiana basketball. I mean, yep. it's, it, it really is a religion to us, especially in Southern Indiana. So uh, just to be a part of it. And, and at the time, you know, it, it, we had, I guess the last four years, there'd been a, a, a little bit of a slide where we weren't playing in Sweet 16. We were in the tournament every year and whatnot, but just for his standards that he'd created, we weren't living up to expectations. So it got a little bit rocky, but I think that's probably when, when us young guys learn the most. Um, if it's all smooth sailing, you probably don't learn from the experiences. So there was a lot of, of transition and, and turmoil those last four years. Uh, because the, the world was changing as well. I mean, as we see with media and, and certain events, the, the world just changes at times, and uh, things were a lot different there. But, man, I'm, am I grateful for my experience? I think about this all the time. I, I don't know. Uh, of course, you played for, for Mark Barnheiser. I did not, although I hung around with him. Um, and you ran flex all the time. Uh, <laughs> we, I, I don't know if we ever ran anything that I, you didn't run. Seriously, when I was growing up there, from the time I started playing basketball, and nobody ever played his own, and you always got over your screens. I mean, it was always man-to-man. That's just kind of how it was. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's ever been a state that, that fully embraced a, a style of play. And, and you, you know, I hate to bring in this school up north, uh, but I mean, even, they played in a similar style. So it, well, you grew up in Indiana. If you yeah. knew what zone was, then then you probably uh, had just relocated to the state. Because if you grew up there, you had no idea. You had no no purpose for zone. Can you imagine? Yeah. You might get fired if you, hey, we're going to go out and run a zone. Okay, well, you, you probably aren't going to last very long. Then. Oh, man. But I mean, even we ran motion, I think, in, in elementary school, at least tried yeah. to. And then uh, when Barnheiser taught to flex, it teaches you how to read screens and slow down. And it, it kind of gives you some framework to, to eventually transition into the motion offense, which now is, is kind of something that's, that's gone by the wayside with the dribble drive and ball screen offenses. But um yeah, everything. And I tell, I've told several people this. Uh, they don't believe me down here that we didn't release our basketball season schedule because there there couldn't ever be a, a conflict with an IU game. Yeah. Um, I said I said our calendars looked like this. You had Christmas, you had Thanksgiving, you had Easter Sunday, and then you had IU basketball games, and and then maybe a couple birthdays. So our, our lives revolved around uh, IU and and uh, what what coach created. So Dusty Mays, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, he's with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Um, have you had, did you have any dialogue with him? I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Uh, when was the last time that you did, I guess, would be better suited to ask? It, it had been years. Um, to be honest, since he moved to Texas Tech, uh, it, yeah. it was different. Uh, and I'm a, I, I came back and worked for Coach Davis. And so there was that uh, divide for a while with, with all the right. Indiana people just as a, as the transition was happening. So uh, the last couple of years, um, you know, I, I think with Coach moving back to Bloomington, it's just been great because all the Coach Knight people were, were so uh, influential in building that thing. So it's, it's, been, uh, it's been cool to see everybody come together again uh, to celebrate his life. You know, you look back on, on February of, of 2020, it was right before – the COVID shutdown, and you had IU and Purdue. You had that in Bloomington, and then he came back at halftime onto the floor. Um, I, I, I often wonder, and, and who really knows? I, I don't know how you know much of an effect it, it had on on him, but it had a lot of healing power. It was something that that fan base, you know, certainly got a lot of a lot out of, and really needed to see at that time. 
Yeah, yeah. The, obviously, the, the fan base has went through a lot over the years. Um, but at the end of the day, Indiana basketball is, is, is special. It has a different uh, level of energy and, and vibe to it. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, 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 he didn't be, he didn't start it, but he was uh, he had a, a big uh, fingerprint on all of it. No doubt about that is Dusty May. Hey, how are things going down there in West Palm? Yeah, really good. We're, we're excited to play. We're actually going to be up in uh, the Midwest next week for the Barstool Classic at Wintrust Arena in Chicago playing Loyola in a doubleheader. So we're excited to, to see where we are. Um, I, I feel like our guys have, have tried to, I guess, assume that we were going to pick up where we left off in April. And uh, we, we haven't played as well in our scrimmages and the practices have been up and down a little bit. But we're excited just to go out and, 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 and bang against somebody different. Uh-oh, that means Coach May's been getting into some ass. That's what that means right there, haven't you? Nah, not, not, our guys are uh, <laughs> they're self-starters. They're motivated. And, and yeah, I mean, we, we try to keep it real with them. But, um, you know, some of the things you just got to experience and, and what we're going to face this year is all uncharted waters for all of us where we're going to get yeah. uh, every team's best shot. It's going to take crazy emotional energy just to keep up. Um, but we'll have to be more disciplined than we were last year. and We'll have to be even more motivated. You know, I guess I look at it this way. Knowing what you don't know when you're going through it as quickly as you did in that tournament, I think it's one thing that you can you can get around. But knowing what you don't know for an extended period of time like that after coming off a great NCAA tournament, that, that probably is much more difficult, I would guess, Dusty, to deal with. It's, it's Obviously, it's a good problem. Anytime you have a, a lot of older players back that are established and, and have proven they can do it, uh, you, would, you would certainly take that over any, any other issues. But everything's changed now. Our schedule is, is crazy difficult in, in a good way. Uh, we've, we've tried to put ourselves on the biggest stage every single game if we, if we possibly could have. We're moving up in the conferences with, in the American Athletic Conference. So everything's yep. changed for all of us. It happened quickly. Uh, but we're excited to to see what this team can become. Oh, I'm excited for we've created a lot of Al fans up here for you as well. So we <laughs> are heard, also excited about that. Hey, uh, hey by the way, mentioned, hey John, you mentioned through text that uh, someone spotted me at the Apple Festival. There's not a, a Dusty Me doppelganger runner. No, I think there is because somebody texted me and said, uh, "I just saw Dusty May at the Bloomfield Apple Festival," and that's when I texted you ago. <laughs> he laughed and he said, "It wasn't me." Yeah, you do. I, uh, that that person has to be from Shackamack or Linton or something, right? There's uh, nobody that looks like you on the our side of the river. That county is vast. It can, they could be from anywhere. <laughs> My brother, keep on keeping on. I thought you would be a, a, a really great resource to talk to today about this. I can't thank you enough for coming on. And uh, we'll, we'll have you on here relatively soon to, to maybe uh, scout out exactly the expectations of this year uh, with Florida Atlantic, man. I appreciate you. Best of luck. You got a lot of Al fans up here with you. I uh, appreciate that, John. Thanks for having me on. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Our next guest... He is Indiana Broadcasting Hall of Famer. Leave this up, too, for the legendary Mark Patrick. I, Mark, do you recognize this song? Yeah, is this the All Request Show? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. All Request Saturday yeah, Night with JMV. What would you like to this, hear? Uh, yeah, is this Jim? <laughs> I, I'd like... Uh, did you, uh, my, my uncle passed away. I wondered if you could play Freebird. <laughs> yes, I can. Because I just, I, I just ate a, uh, I just ate a taco and I need some time to myself. So yes, Freebird would be, would be great. Hey, it is the. People don't know the pleasure of, uh, working with you when I would come in in the afternoon and it's like, ah, oh, what'd you have for lunch, JMV? <laughs> Well, you used to, and I think that's one of the reasons why you did some of those at home, because I ate tuna every day. Remember, yeah. I ate tuna and, like, cheese-flavored pretzels, and you didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The line, the line, morning, ladies, was uh, uh, uttered more than once. <laughs> well, it was a very close friend of ours that described me as, if it stinks, he will eat it. Mm. <laughs> so yes, I know what you're talking about. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. So I hear you're back up here often. Well, I'm visiting, yes. But I mean, you are you're you're hanging around while visiting, though, correct? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I got some family issues. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Hey, and uh, Drew, everything's going well with Drew. I'm in uh, constant communication with Drew. So he, is he kind of is he doing what you did in in trying to mold a pitcher in the basement like you did? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm 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 urging him to raise hitters. <laughs> yeah well here's what's weird so my son is a runner which is incredibly odd i always looked at running as punishment so he runs but uh, my daughter plays basketball yeah so that's weird I, well you know i've seen their photos and uh it's it's weird to see a uh, a member of the vincent family that's so thin <laughs> You know what? I got to introduce her to you sometime. You would love it. <laughs> she is uh, very outgoing. She is a uh, a fun. She is a fun girl. Fun to be had by all. So I mean, she loved to hang out and and talk. So you would you would dig it. Uh, Mark Patrick, who is the Indiana Broadcasting Hall of Famer, joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We talked a little bit earlier today, Mark. Um, when I think about you know, interviews and media members with Bob Knight during that, that era, 
I most often think about you. It seemed like that you were always the go-to for that first, that exclusive interview. And I was always kind of curious how that evolved and, and obviously your thoughts on the passing at the age of 83 from Bob Knight. Um, I think that no matter what your um, particular area of expertise was, that he had to develop a trust with you. And once, once he did that and you didn't do anything to betray that trust, you were, you were golden with him, you know? Um, I, I think that people who, who didn't do that or who he felt like uh, were using him to their advantage for whatever reason, uh, that's who didn't sit well with him. And so, uh, you know, I mean, he knew what he could tell me and could tell me that I wasn't going to, you know, use it. And he knew what to tell me when he wanted something out there, you know, or his side. So uh, I, I think we kind of had that mutual understanding through the years and, and uh, both appreciated it. Hey, Mark, I've always wondered this, and I don't think I ever asked you, how did you, how did you earn that trust? Um, I, I just think it was kind of over uh, a, a time period, you know, that he, um, I think he always actually respected people that didn't fear him. Um, and once, uh, you know, I think being on, on Bob and Tom early, uh, actually was a great thing because he was a huge Bob Tom fan. So, uh, when, when I did things on there, um, I remember going to, a a practice, uh, early in the nineties, uh, when I was at channel eight and, um, I had been doing uh, Lou, Lou Henson on Bob and Tom. I'd been calling in as Lou Henson uh, because he had, it was right around the time that he, you may remember this, when he said, uh, Bob Knott's just a, he's just a big bully. That's all he is. He's just a classic bully. And so um, I was, you know, I called in and was doing stuff. And then like a day later, I was in my channel eight hat and we go down there uh, to get some sound and he's standing there and, and, you know, it was kind of just classic coach night that you were going to wait an hour or two from the time you were supposed to talk to him before he would talk to you. And so uh, practice actually started, and we hadn't done the interview that we were supposed to. And it's getting tight because i got to get back to do the five and six. And so I'm just standing there on the end uh, line, and he's he's standing with all the assistant coaches, and they just keep keep looking at me. And – so he walks, he finally walks over and he says, uh, uh, yeah, we're really curious uh, who the hell is doing Henson uh, on Bob and Tom. And I said, well, uh, I, I am. 
and he and he just he just you know looks no response, just looks a hole through me, and then he goes, "That's the funniest JDS I've ever heard," and and starts <laughs> starts laughing, and uh, he goes, "What do you need?" And you know, then it was that. Yeah. But it was just that that kind of thing. I think he was just seeing whether I'd tell him the truth or not. You know. Yeah. So I that, that that's cool too. I Mark Patrick joins us the uh, broadcasting Hall of Famer of the state of Indiana on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I I'm just presuming this, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, and you know, describe what was the best interview or the best time you ever had with him. I just. I assume because you had that exclusive when he was fired and that will go down in history as one of the, the great interviews in the state of Indiana, certainly you know, regarding, regarding Indiana sports. Was that the one that you always remember or was it another time? Um, yeah, I mean, that was probably the most memorable because of the circumstances and um, and I told him up front, I said, look, I, I've got to, I've got to ask you some, some tough questions here. Cause I said, I can't, you know, I, I just can't do a, Hey, let's, let's go down memory lane type thing, um, and retain any kind of integrity. So, you know, I, I want to touch on some of that because the accomplishments have been incredible, but you're, you know, you've been fired here for reasons. And we need to talk about it. And I said, I also will tell you up front, I got a copy of your contract, you know? And so I'm, I'm going to ask you about a couple of things in that. And it, Cause I didn't think it was fair uh, to spring that on him without giving him a chance to think about it. Um, so he said, uh, yeah, whatever you want to do. And I'm like, okay. So that's, yeah. So it ended up, it ended up being, um, Really good, I thought, and, and uh, it something was. I've always been proud of. You know, and it, it, was it ever a struggle for you when you interviewed him to get out of him what you wanted? Yeah, you know, because sometimes he just didn't want to do it. <laughs> hmm. And and so, um, I mean, there were a couple times I can remember um, – being down there and, um, you know, you go, you, you travel a long way to get there and then you got to rush back and then you're, you're always behind. And, um, I remember one time he put us off so long that I had to call and, uh, Dennis Goins, the basketball hall of famer was my photographer and we had to call ahead and have a satellite truck meet us in Martinsville so that I could do the five and six. Um, and, but, you know, there were times he would, sometimes he would just decide he wasn't going to do it. And I, yeah. it didn't matter how long we'd, we'd, we'd stayed there and waited for him. I finally said, okay, well, if you're not going to give us anything today, we, we, we really got to get back. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, I mean, literally would start packing things up and then he'd walk back out there and say, okay, let's go. And, and then those, those would usually end up being the very best stuff that we would ever get. 
So, you know, if you could get him engaged, because we did a couple specials through the years, if you could get him engaged, it, it was phenomenal. You know, the storytelling and the, and the insight and the absolute spectacular recall that he had. You know, he would he would say, uh, yeah, we were uh, – uh, I remember that game in 76. We were in Minnesota. We were down four. And uh, there was 232 left in the in half. And uh, and I'm going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, we'd look back at the tape, and it would be – he would be exactly right. There would be 232 left in the half when he stood up. And, you know, he, he says, I, you know, I said to Scotty at that point, uh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Wow. You did. Is he a, <laughs> Is he the greatest quote of all time? Um, I guess. I mean, just at the. I mean, it, certainly a top fiver. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was never less than entertaining to be in those NCAA press conferences um, because you always had guys you know, generally East coast guys that wanted to make a name for themselves by asking some kind of question that got a response out of them. And, you know, when they would do that, all the Indiana guys, you know, we would just be in the back row of those press conferences and we would duck, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. Uh, you know, just stuff like, oh, yeah, coach, uh, we, we were wondering why you, uh, you didn't go, why you didn't press, uh, you didn't press with uh, five minutes left when you were down ten. Uh, why? Why not press that? <laughs> I mean, if you, if you if you ever ask him a, a basketball strategy question, forget. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. I I was always told that I never had the opportunity, Mark. But I was always told that it was always Bob and not Bobby. Oh yeah, I yeah, told and that. and. That was the other thing. They would preface, uh, yeah, Bobby, uh, you, uh, you, you sat, uh, you, you sat down, uh, uh, it was weird, uh, we thought, uh, but Bobby, you, uh, you didn't play uh, Calvert Cheney uh, for 10 minutes. He'd gotten, he'd hit his last five shots and then he sat down and you, uh, Bobby, you didn't play him for 10 minutes. So we wonder why you didn't do that. <laughs> that went over well. Yeah, yeah, that would that would always go over well. So, Mark Patrick, who is the Indiana Broadcast Hall of Famer, uh, you know him. Wish, who's your lottery? Bob and Tom. Uh, WNDE, you know him obviously. RTV Six hosted videos back in the day. I'm incredibly jealous of that stint hosting videos that you did back. In the mid-1980s, Sirius Satellite Radio, MLB Network. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Did he ever get pissed at you? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, there was a there was a, a time that um, after that interview aired, he didn't like uh, what I – somebody from the – back when the star was uh, actually – a newspaper and had different get this they had different reporters for different subjects no way really that. shocking and so uh <laughs> i 
I think it was Mark Allen, who was a tremendous writer, had done an interview with me uh, because the 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 interview I had done with Coach Knight on his firing had gotten such a a big reaction. So he was he he had called and was asking me some stuff about that, and he wrote an article in the Star about it. And Coach Knight took offense at something I had said in that article, and I think it kind of more goes back toward, um, um, you know, what we said about he didn't want to feel like uh, you were using him for your own good or publicity or whatever. And so I think he felt like, and it, you know, I, I, while, while the quote was, uh, what I said, it it also didn't quite capture how I said it, you know, because it was in black and white rather than in audio. And so I said, well, you know, here. So I talked to them and I said, well, here's how I said it. And if that still bugs you, then that's fine. That's your prerogative. But I said, I I think you came off looking pretty good. So I, I don't know if I've ever asked you. Mark Patrick joins us. Did you grow up an IU fan? And I know you graduated high school, Brownsburg, 1977, basketball player. Um, I didn't know if you grew up an, an IU fan or not. And then what night got there in 71. So I was assuming you probably thoroughly enjoyed 76 and the unbeaten season. But did you start? Did you grow up an IU basketball fan, Mark? Well, when I was really young, I was huge Purdue because of Rick, yeah. because of Rick Mount. Sure, yes. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I love those teams. Uh, Rick Mount, Billy Keller, and Herm Gilliam. And when he was a healthy, big Chuck Davis in the middle. <laughs> and, uh, you know, George Faber before he was selling windows. Yes, he and, was. Uh, and he does. Larry, yes. Larry Weatherford uh, from Evansville coming off the bench. But, you know, I, I love those Purdue teams. I think those are the greatest uniforms of all time, that, that era. They were. Uh, when they had uh, the gold top and the black shorts. And, and you know, Indiana, um, it just didn't seem like they were on TV as much when I was really young. And then um, when Coach and I arrived, you know, everything. I loved George McGinnis and Steve Downing and in high school. And so when they both decided to go to IU, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that makes it really interesting for me. And uh, even Dave Shepard, who I saw at Costco the other day, uh, <laughs> went there before he transferred to Ole Miss. Uh, it's like, how many, how many Mr. Basketballs do you see wandering Costco? Well, I mean, how many Shepherds do you see wandering Costco as well? Yeah, well, there's A that. lot. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so then, you know, then the IU kind of became interesting to me. Um, and the only unfortunate part of that was we had a high school coach. And, oh, by the way, this was virtually every high school coach in the late 70s thought he was Bob Knight. No, so, no doubt about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, while I enjoyed the team, the IU teams, you know, tremendously and, and, you know, with what we ended up being able to do for a living, you know, actually getting to know those guys. Um, that, yeah, that's, that's pretty, that was pretty special. 
Um, but that, yeah, the downside was the, the high school coaching thing. <laughs> yes. All I, Hey, I, um, I remember playing at the old, uh, uh, university middle school. I was playing an ex- exhibition game and Pat, Pat Knight was playing for Bloomington North at the time. And we, and I think this was like late spring or early summer, one year in the mid eighties. And, um, the coach, whoever's coaching Pat, was just mild-mannered, you know, and just soft-spoken at the beginning. And then uh, Bob Knight walked in to watch Pat play, and things <laughs> changed dramatically, like right there. <laughs> like, it was incredible, the change that he, all of a sudden, he's stomping and yelling and screaming during just kind of a, an exhibition pickup type of thing. So you're right. Well, I mean, that happened, the, the that general, happened most of the, the time. General, the general came here today to watch <laughs> me coach. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was noticeable. Yeah, I definitely will, uh, will say that. So Mark Patrick, who is the broadcast Hall of Famer here, Indiana Broadcasting Hall of Famer on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'm curious, before I let you go here, uh, outside of Bob Knight and what we're talking about here, when is the um, is this the anniversary of the Hoosier Lottery television show? October twenty eighth was yeah. Okay, what what year was that, Mark? Started in nineteen eighty nine. God dang, man! Mm-hmm. I had bangs. You did have bangs. Yeah, and you I had, had bangs a, then. you had a sweet ass butt cut parted right down the middle, <laughs> kind of like. Uh, like Steve Alford, kind of. Well, yeah. I mean, there was a, there were very few white men alive that weren't trying to have their hair like Steve Alford in the late 80s. I did. I feathered it on the side all the hey. time, combing, combing the back pocket. I, you remember that chart that was in Floyd's Barbershop in Mayberry? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yes. You go in a barbershop in Indiana in the late 80s, it only had one. It just said Alford. <laughs> Off, well, yeah. I got my hair cut at Ward's Barbershop in Bloomington on Walnut Street. That was the only haircut that Ward could do is the offered right then. Now, the only I one. recall your haircuts were $8. Yes, and $2, you know what? $2 aside. You made fun of me because I also uh, I put blonde in my hair. I highlighted my <laughs> hair back did. with you. Yeah, and you were frosting it. <laughs> You were frosting it. <laughs> I was frosting back then. You had every every right to make fun of me. So, you were getting on me because I always wore my headphones. Uh, yeah, on the like side. The, yes. The, yeah, uh, the 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 part that's supposed to go across the top. I had it in the back. And you go, why do you wear your headphones like that? I said, because I see all these guys that have their hair worn out there, and then. <laughs> I go. I come back to Indiana and hey man, it's JMV. Look at this. I got new hair. <laughs> I think about that all the time. Seriously, <laughs> you know how much I think about all the time about the stuff. It, it's incredible. But that is at the top of the list. The bald spot that can, you know, take shape because your headphones sit on top of your head, the crown of your head. You got so much wisdom during the commercial breaks that the, the world missed out on. <laughs> I did. I absolutely did. It, one of these days, you're going to have to come back on. We're going to have to to rehash the uh, Bill Poley and Jay Moore conversation. You know that, don't you? 
Yeah, you're kind of coming up on the anniversary of that, aren't we? Well, that was uh, December of zero one, was it not? Correct, I believe. Was it December? I think so. Okay. I always found this. My favorite part was this. Remember Dave McAnally at thirteen framed it yeah. up on their broadcast as well, then you were taken off the air because yeah. um, our friend Ron came in with me and we hosted the rest of the show and Peyton Manning called in. Peyton Manning yeah. you know, called in and said, hey, I was just driving around. I thought I'd call in uh, like, yeah, OK, but you were actually going well, to watch Drew play basketball. Yeah, he had a junior high basketball yes. game and um, I had it in my contract that if he had a game, I could go. So I did like the first hour or two and that, and that whole thing happened. And so uh, then I left and (laughs) yeah, so it, it really did. And, you know, I mean, part of the intrigue was that we were the Colts station at the time. Yes. So that, that made it really awkward because we knew that that was a powder keg and uh, they were demanding that, you know, that nothing was replayed and that they wanted the copy of the, the interview and that, that they wanted the only copy. And it was it was pretty crazy. So Marty Bender confiscated that. And I don't think I ever saw a copy of that again. True story. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw it again. But Mike Chapel taped it sitting at home and he has a, a, a copy of it as well. I. The best story about this, Mark, in closing, and this is regarding Jay Moore and Bill Pulley in, in the greatest radio segment in the history of Indianapolis that happened back in 01, December of 01, on WNDE with uh, Mark as the host of Mark Patrick on Sports. Craig Kelly told me this, and Tom Telesco, who's the general manager of the Chargers, backed it up. He said that Craig, who was the, the media guru, was trying to hang the phone up when Bill and Jay were shouting at one another and Bill was fighting him off with his forearm and wouldn't let him hang it up. Yeah, (laughs) I asked Tom Telesco that and he said, yeah, he said, I was in there as an intern and I could not believe what was going on. Okay. Here's, here's a weird Mm follow-up. So, so Polian spoke to me after that, but our relationship was never the same. Right. But he was, you know, he was he was polite but contrite, uh, very short, and you know, I I never went out of my way to speak with him after that either because I didn't, uh, you know, he was pretty volatile. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so Drew gets drafted out of Stanford, tenth pick overall, signs a contract the next day, uh, starts. Um, in the minors and then is in the big leagues within, I think he spent four, four months in the, in the minors. So it's, he's making the day he signed, this is the day he signed. So uh, before he had even played, he signs his contract and then he's going to be, he's going to throw out the first pitch and be introduced at national stadium. So we're standing there uh, in batting practice and I'm behind the batting cage and I look over at the guy next to me 
and it's Bill Polian. (laughs) 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 And it's like, this is way out of place. You know, it's like, we don't see each other for five or six years. And then we're standing behind a batting cage in national stadium. And he, he goes, what are you doing here? And I said, well, what are you doing here? (laughs) And he was just there because his, uh, his daughter actually lived in Virginia, I think. And so he he had brought his grandson to the game. Uh, They were playing the, the dusty Baker led reds at the time. And, uh, yeah, so he was like, he didn't, he did not realize that Drew was my son. So, um, so that, that was kind of cool. So we, after that, we were, we were really good. So, well, you didn't walk down the forbidden hallway to talk to special teams coach, Kevin Spencer, like you did that one time. Remember when we all got yelled at for that. So, yeah. Yeah, I just say hi to a guy because I know him, right? He's like, hey, it was a forbidden here, hallway, Mark. The forbidden hallway. Come here, come here. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's great talking with you. Let's do it again soon. Um, I talk with uh, Drew all the time, and uh, his his whiskey obviously is killing it right now, but. Uh, Thanks for uh, adding to the show today so much is obviously your your content of the past with uh, Bob Knight, Mark, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Get you back on here again soon and talk about some stuff. I appreciate you. Well, I, I hope this doesn't sound too patriarchal, but I've been immensely proud of what you've accomplished um, through the years and and where you are in the in the landscape because it's a very very tough landscape. So yeah, you, uh, Thank you buddy. and you're sitting on you're sitting on top. Of it. I'm proud of it. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, JMB. See you. All right, it's uh, Mark Patrick out there. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Hey, joining us now via the Eddie Moore Automotive Group hotline, he's been a longtime friend of mine. I've always appreciated his friendship. Uh, he is the, uh, I think, the vice president of player personnel. I always get his title wrong. But uh, the friendship is right there with Ryan Carr of the Pacers. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Did I get that right? Yeah, you, you did, John. I appreciate it. Um, but the title is not, not that overly important. <laughs> well, I want to make sure I get it accurate. Um, first of all, thank you for coming on here today. Um, your story regarding Bob Knight and his impact on you, 
I think is different than absolutely anybody else. Because you didn't grow up around here. I mean, I've talked about growing up around here and the effect that he had on me and families and my intro to sports and loving sports and loving basketball. You, however, weren't from around here. But you thought when you saw Bob Knight and IU that you wanted to go to college and you wanted to be a manager for him. How did all that start? Yeah, man. Well, first of all, I was, I, I'm going to try to give you better. This morning I did an interview with Ryan, and I was a, a blubbering fool. Um, so I'm going to try to do better this morning, but it, it's, certainly, okay. it's certainly emotional. Um, so I grew up loving basketball. I, I you know, just like it, probably any, any kid in Indiana did, uh, but I was in Seattle, and I knew that I wanted to be a coach. And so I had I had read in a season on the brink. Um, there's a there's a there's a, a snippet in that book that describes what managers do and what uh, you know how they could go on to be coaches and and everything. And, and I was pretty enamored with that. So I wrote letters out to a bunch a bunch of coaches around the country. I would guess 30 letters. That's what I kind of always say. And the, the only guy that wrote me back was Bob Knight. And it wasn't any kind of promise or anything. It was probably a form letter. But, but imagine this. And if you, you, don't, you don't believe in divine providence, um, I do. And this is one reason why. So you, I'm sure you, I know you know exactly where you were during the 1992 Final Four. Uh, when I they was, yes. Yeah, when they got cheated and lost to Duke, right? Yes. Ted Valentine, so, baby. And then Todd, hey, it's the reason why I love Todd Leary still to this day. Yes. He, he didn't quit. There's no doubt about that. He did not no quit doubt. that game. So two weeks from that loss, Bob Knight is traveling through Seattle on his way to a fishing trip, uh, I believe, in Alaska, which is not unusual. But Baden basketballs who, who you know, coach endorsed, and we use their balls at IU – um, he was he was coming through to, to have dinner with Ed Schindler, who was the president of that company. Ed Schindler, I had never met, but he was the grandfather of a friend of mine uh, who played ball at my high school. Ed Schindler heard I wanted to be a basketball coach and took the initiative to talk to Coach Knight um, about me coming to Indiana. At a, at a dinner, two weeks after that Final Four, Coach Knight, in probably the smallest decision he ever made, told Ed Schindler that Ryan Carr could come and be a manager at Indiana University. I mean, and that wow. that, one, that one little decision at a at a dinner at some restaurant in Seattle changed the course of my life because not not only did I come here and get to be a part of that for four years, who would have ever thought that? Pat would end up being one of my very best friends. That Nancy would end up being like a second mother to me in college. That I would get out, of, get done with IU, and end up being hired to do video for Larry Bird when he uh, when he started coaching the Pacers. There, it, it's so unbelievable, John, and it's so just at the core of of who I am. I can't even really grab words in what and what that one decision did for me and my future family and not it has nothing to do with money or any anything like that but it it put me i mean i just loved hoops man like i could have grown up in green county i would have still sucked but (laughs) but i would have fit in 
And, and it, yes. it's just a, it's a, you know, it's so like I just listened to Mark tell, tell you how proud he is of you. Imagine that over the past six or yeah. seven years that as, as I've gotten to spend a little bit more time with coach and he was retired and um, have some, some different kind of conversations, he says those kinds of things. I'm really proud of you. Man, it really means a lot how you treat Pat when as he works for you. Like those those kinds of things are, you can't you can't buy that stuff. You can't like no. So I, I you know there's yes. I don't even know where to go with that other than, oh my word! Like it's just an amazing thing, and I every single day of of my life. To be a part of all this, to be trading text messages and calls with heroes and people I look up to and yet I'm included in, it makes no sense to me. Hey, Ryan, it's, it's as you mentioned, worth more than money. It's worth more than compensation. I mean, it, it, it really is that somebody, and you mentioned what Mark just said to me, made yeah. me incredibly misty because yeah. it's been 19, 19 years and it, it um, that part's amazing, and and your relationship with Bob Knight is is e- equally amazing. And you know what? It's unfortunate that sometimes we truly don't get to the root of of how much this means to us until something like this. And and I tried to explain this, Ryan, from a standpoint of a fan. I grew up as a fan. I didn't really ever covering other other than the fact when he got fired, I was covering that back in 2000. Um, I was just a fan. I grew up a fan, and I knew how much it meant uh, to my family. My grandparents is always a point of emphasis, you know, around my grandparents' house to watch a game, to watch the Bob Knight show on every Sunday, and how much, how many good times it was for us. And those are the memories beyond basketball that I have. And those, to me, as you mentioned they're beyond money. It's priceless. Those memories. Yeah, I mean, it, just just for me, um, you know, it, 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 it was impossible for me to know what I was being welcomed into. You know, like to, to join, to come to Bloomington in the fall of, of 1992 was it was it, it was indescribable. The you know how popular he was. How you know, just all that these guests have talked about today about how every high school coach was wearing the sweater and trying to run the motion offense and wouldn't play zone and all that yeah. stuff is real to, to the to my kids. And when I try to explain to them what it was that I was fortunate to be a part of and walk into, there's there's nothing that you can equate it to. There's just not. And I agree with with like what you and Brian were talking about that I can't I don't see something coming that would that would even come close to rivaling rivaling what that was um to walk out of assembly hall to get on a bus to go to the airport and to have thousands of people just to see you off to go to the airport to play in a game like that it was it was just it was larger it was way larger than life and you know he 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 did that. Like I mean, he you know he was one of a kind. And and I was talking to Brian about just kind of the emotion of of dealing with all this. It, but it makes sense because everything that Coach did was uh, over a hundred percent. 
whether it was, you know, going to class, whether it was what the guys were doing, the players. And I, I'm the first to say, I say to everyone, including all the players that I know, that I, I would never, ever put my experience on par with theirs. But the coolness about this group of people is they're like, no way, man. Like, you guys, you managers went through all the same stuff. You were right there with us. Like, we needed you, and, and you know, you needed us. Like, it's such a, a cool thing, but it was always at, like, an extreme level. So one of the first things you do as a manager, as a freshman, right, you get no good at jobs. One of the first first things is vacuum in the locker room. The locker room was carpet and I remember the first time doing it, asking, you know, asking one of the senior managers, hey, do I need to make sure the lines go in a, in a certain way, like all straight a certain way? And it's just the feel. You walked into this environment where only the, your absolute best was expected. And to, I would say that any, any of the guys that went through this in any way, shape, or form would tell you once they got out of there and – and realize in the real world, you know, you can make a mistake and you can, you know, get better from it. And you, there is a little bit of grace here and there. It's one of the biggest advantages all of us have had in life. And I, I, I mean, it's not even, it's not even close. So again, Ryan Carr is the VP of player personnel for the Pacers. Uh, one time he was a manager for the uh, Hoosiers and Bob Knight back in the day on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, I didn't want to ask you this because I know you guys are tight and I know Pat works within the organization scouting. How's Pat yeah. doing? He's, do, he's doing fine. I got a chance to spend a little time with him this morning, which was good. Um, he's, he's, he's overwhelmed um, with just the outpouring. Um, it's so cool um, to just see people reach out to him and and make sure he's doing okay. And and Pat, I I mean I know I'm his friend, and we've been we've been close friends for a long time. I'm so proud of him for for the way he he has gone through this and supported Karen and Coach, um, you know, over these past many several months. Um, it has been a very a very tough road. I know that I asked him, I was like, is there anything you would like me to say? And he, he said that uh, wanted to make sure, like, thankful for just the, the, the health care workers that do this day in and day out with, with people, particularly Alzheimer's patients that, you know, really struggle. He, he's just yeah. he's in awe of what they do and how they do it. And he, did, he really, his main thing was to say, you know, thank you for the people that are trying to, trying to work on eliminating this disease. Man, I want to thank you for coming on today. You've been a longtime friend of mine. And it's funny, we kind of grew up with uh, the same thoughts in mind. We didn't know one another. Didn't know yeah. one another when you, when you were at IU, but uh, we've we've grown up with the uh, the same thoughts in mind. And uh, thanks for sharing all that today. And uh, yeah, please, man, uh, if you give a chance, yeah, give sure. Pat give Pat our best. Would you please? I, I will. Ryan? I will. Just one one last thing. Uh, yep. Two last things, if you have a minute. One, yep, I do. One is one one of the coolest things, and I, I just I feel like I'm in a unique place to say this. And I don't want to speak for either man, but but being one of the very only people to ever work for Coach Knight and Larry Bird, and I know, I think they both have set the record straight on kind of that whole thing, but one of the coolest things was to be able to hear the absolute um, respect 
and admiration that they had for one another was very cool. And so I just, I, I just think that was a, a really cool, unique thing. And then number two, if, if, if you guys want, if anybody out there wants to contribute or wonder what they can do, um, go, go to bobknight.com. And there's, there's a link on there once the Alzheimer's Association. And then Steve Downing uh, was nice enough to start a, uh, start a, a deal at Marion University and Coach Knight's name. Those are the two things that, that Pat and the family um, would love to, you know, would love to help. And, and, and you know, if people are inclined to, to do that in Coach's memory, um, bobknight.com and, and uh, there's also some really cool bobbleheads one of him throwing a chair and some different stuff and, and Pat has some really amazing plans um, for that that I, I hope that you know in the future when everybody when everybody hears um, I think it'll be super super cool if it can all come to fruition and uh, just a great way to honor coach and, and help battle this disease Hey man thanks for being good Good friend and coming on here today. I appreciate that more than you know. I know yeah, that man. this has this has a great deal of impact to you, and certainly we uh, we understand that uh, by your words. And if you guys need anything from me, you let me know. Yeah. Ryan, I appreciate I, you I more than you know. It. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm blessed to somehow find myself in the middle of amazing people, and just want to be a great friend and, and serve him well. So, yeah, likewise, JMV. Love, love what you You're do. You're a great dude, my brother. I appreciate you. Always. Thank right, you, man. man. Okay. Talk to you soon. Pacers VP of Player Personnel, Ryan Carr. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in Hope today. Alright guys, you want to do some week 9 Larsity Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul Tequila Shots Jacob's trying to get a picture of us all right there Oh wow, is there a little landscape in the background right there, Jacob? Alright, cue the band back there, James Let's do our week 9 Larsity Bourbon Locks Luna Zul Tequila Shots Is this true that starts tonight? Are we talking Titans and Steelers? That is the, uh, that do, is the truth Do I kind of want to fall in love all over again with Will Levis or was that just a flash in the pan? His NFL debut with four touchdowns. Titans win on the road in Pittsburgh tonight. Yeah, Pittsburgh hadn't been really good so far. I just, I hesitate to go with a rookie second game starting quarterback, even with the success he had in his first start. Going into Pittsburgh against that defense still, even if it's not the defense that we always remember it to be. In this case, two and a half point favorites, the Steelers. I'm going to lay that, Brent. Give me the Steelers at home. You know, this game here, John, and, and again, this Thursday night magic here, right? The Steelers are like 7-1 on Thursday nights, the last eight games. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh really, they, they do well at home, right? But we've got this little flash of Will Levitt's like you speak of. But yeah. you're right, it's game two. It's prime time. 
The rookie's coming out, and he's going up against the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Thursday night. I think, honestly, this game is going to be 20-17. to 17. We flip a coin to see who wins it. But I'm going to take the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll lay that less than a field goal. Tommyus. Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh hasn't looked that great. Uh, Pickett's been hurt, but he's playing tonight. Who knows how healthy he is, but I don't think it matters because Mr. Levis is going to be introduced to Mr. T.J. Watt tonight. Hello. You don't want that guy in your face, but he's going to be there all night. I'm going to go with you guys. Let's lay that two and a half. Hey, it's a good Frankfurt game coming up on Sunday. Dolphins and Chiefs. Colt's going to be there with the Patriots coming up next week. But this week, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are one and a half point favorites. Man, Kansas City looked like a load of crap in Denver this last (laughs) weekend. You know what's going to be the cure for that? Um, Miami's offense, maybe not so much. But I think we're going to see a Kansas City bounce back. Lay the point and a half on the road in Germany and give me the Chiefs. Brent. You know, this is one of those big three games we talked about. Three great games this week, and it starts off at 9.30 Sunday morning with Miami at the Chiefs. All my gut tells me you should take Miami in this. It really, truly does. However, I think what you just mentioned there, I think you got a healthy Mahomes. He had the flu last week. They looked horrible. They played the lowest scoring game of his career, I think, honestly, nine points. I think they they get it back here in Germany. I think it's going to be a pretty good shootout, 28-25. Kansas City covers that one and a half. Tommy, yes. Miami is 6-2 on the season. 6-0 against teams under 500, 0-2 against winning teams. Indeed. So I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's the best in the league, the best there is. I'm going to lay that point and a half. I'm with you guys. Oh, Tommy, yes. Your guy Kirk Cousins has a flat tire that's going to keep him out uh, for the season. No and then skeptical about all the offseason and next year, too. Uh, because of that, the Falcons are now four and a half point favorites at home against Minnesota coming up this weekend. Josh Dobbs now in the fold as a backup quarterback. Is it Jaron Hall? Jaron Hall, the rookie, will get the start. Yeah. Well, there's no way in the world I can take the Falcons, lay the four and a half, Brent. Give, or check that. The Vikings, lay the four and a half, give me the Falcons Sunday. Yeah, you know, Atlanta's got Taylor Heineke going up against Jaron Hall. So this is going to be, you know, again, we've got a lot it's of these quarterbacks. game right there. Got a lot of these quarterback shakeups going yeah. on right now. This is one of them. This is going to be another one of those games that I think it's going to kind of be tough. But I'm going to give a little bit of lean to the Falcons. I'm sorry, Tommy, but Tommy I, I, think, uh, I think a couple key, key cogs they're missing. And uh, Jaron Hall didn't look that great against the Packers last week when he came in. Now he's going to get a little practice time. I know you got Dobbs on the, uh, on the bubble getting ready to probably come in the uh, week 10. But until then, I'm going to take the Falcons. I'll lay that four and a half with Tommy. you down. Yeah, I don't know what we got in Jaron Hall. His first pass attempt last week resulted in a strip, a sack strip. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good he is. I think he's very raw, obviously. This is a big, big time for him. Like stepping in and saying, hey, take over this offense that Kirk Cousins perfected. Uh, yeah, Dobbs is in the background. Obviously, need to learn the offense. I don't know what we got with uh, Jaron Hall, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna roll with you guys. Let's take the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Maybe by the hook. I don't know. Yeah, by the hook. Take it to four. It's a key number. Seahawks Ravens four point. Check that. Is that four or six here? I cover that up. That I is six. That is six, six point favorites are the Ravens at home coming up this weekend. This is going to be easy to me. I'm going to go ahead and take the Ravens. Lay that six. Brent Halverson. You know, Baltimore's look good. We've talked about them all year, but they're really starting to play some good yeah. ball right now. Seattle kind of plays down a little bit. They, uh, they, they, they pushed last week, I think, or make sure they covered by a half point. I don't think they're going to be able to do it in Baltimore. I think Baltimore covers this. It's going to be like a 25-17, nothing sexy. Give me uh, Baltimore, lay the six. Tobias. Yeah, man, Baltimore is really playing lights out right now. Seattle's a good team, but it's hard for a West Coast team to go all the way to the East Coast and get a victory. Uh, 
Looks like uh, uh, a Ravens quarterback. Lamar Jackson's back. He's back yep. in form. So yes, he is. Uh, I'm a roll with you guys. I'll I'll take those six points. My goodness, the Cardinals and the Browns. Are you kidding me? And the Browns are eight point favorites. Ugh. Ugly line. That's gross right there. I'm just going to go ahead and take the eight points and give me the Cardinals on the road. That's the, really the only reason. Give me eight points of the Cardinals, Brent. Well, to the tune of, I don't know who Clayton Toon really is. That's a quarterback for Arizona. Yeah. And we don't know who the quarterback for the Cleveland points. is. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of points in this up and down game. I kind of have a feeling Deshaun Watson's going to be back. I know P.J. Walker's banged up, too. So if they go to number three, I mean, this is an absolute just dud anyway. Wouldn't touch it with your money, John. However, we got to pick them. <laughs> that, that number is so shocking to me that it's yes. eight. It's way too high. But that's why I'm going to take it, because they know a lot more than I do. And I'm going to take that. And I'm going to take uh, Cleveland. Lay the eight. Hello, Tommy. Yes. Yeah, Arizona, they're just not good. And, and you, got, you might have a rookie quarterback starting. Cleveland's got a great defense. They, they played lights out on defense this year. That's a lot of points to lay, but uh, let's let's roll. Eight points. Cleveland. My goodness. Uh, Larsity Bourbon Locks, Luna's Will Tequila Shots, week number nine. Man, Bridger Packers are an absolute disaster. Horrible. What a mess. They get the Rams at Lambeau coming up this weekend. Three-point favorites. I'm going to take that three and give me the Rams. The Rams aren't that much better. But the Packers, holy crap, Brent. What's happening up there? That is Jordan really, love. really. There's no love for Jordan. Really, really bad. But I tell you, it's going to be interesting because the Rams, Stafford, I don't think he's going to play. That's why you see this number where it's at. It's Brett Ripon, right? Like he's, uh, Brett Ripon's still around. Like he's, is, that, he's, is that Mark Rippon's son? I believe it is. I mean, wow. it's, it's, it's still kind of that, that namesake, right? I, I don't think he's going to have anything to do. I think you got a running back disaster on the backfield. I'm still looking for Aaron Jones to come back from week one ah. where he had a great game. He hasn't done anything since. I think this is where the ship's going to turn a little bit here, though. I like the Packers not only to win this, John. I'm going to lock this one up. This is Larson Lock of the Week. Packers by seven. <laughs> Packers by seven. Come on. Fool's gold right there, Tommy. Fool's yes. gold. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a disaster up there in Green Bay. Vikings got to win there last week, but they lost they lost everything with Kirk Cousins. But, uh, man, yeah, Jordan Love doesn't seem like he's the answer. But he's a first-year starter, so. He stinks. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you that too. You can, you can talk all you want about Green Bay bad. So, um, yeah, I don't know who's playing for the Rams quarterback. If it's Ripon or it's Stafford, yeah. but I'm, I'm gonna go with the Rams. Actually, I'm gonna I take those don't points. Don't mind it right there. Larsen Bourbon locks Lunasville to kill the shots. Uh, Texans disappointed. They were the first victim of the Carolina Panthers with Bryce Young at quarterback last weekend. Back at home, two and a half point favorites against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lay that two and a half. Give me Stroud and the Texans at home. Yeah, I think this is gonna be one of those. Under games, again, we talked that 20 to 17, 19, 16, something like that. I think it's a field goal game. And I think that three is going to be just enough for Houston to cover. So give me Houston, lay the two Tommy. and a half. Yeah, Tampa started off well. Looked like Baker Mayfield finally found a home. And they started two and on, now they're three and four, I think. So they, they're struggling. Something's going on there. Uh, Shrouds look pretty good other than last week. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take or lay that two and a half. Let's go with the Texans. Let me tell you this. It seems like the commanders traded everybody this uh, early this week before the trade deadline. But uh, Dexter Manley and Charles Mann. Uh, commanders at the Patriots. I hate the Patriots, too. They stink. Three-point favorites. I'm going to lay that three. and Give me the Patriots at home. I, the, the commanders just said, hey, we're done. Fire sale. We are done, and they're done right here. So give me the Pats, Brett. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, like until I saw that, I, I would look at this game. I, there's no way I would touch New England. However, I think with all that fire sale going on, I think there's a lot of other stuff going on. It's going to be tough. I think New England's going to be able to sneak in there. They're at home. It's still Belichick. It's not going to be a pretty one, but uh, give me the Patriots. Cover the three. Tommy. 
Yeah, like you said, Washington said, hey, we're throwing the towel in. I don't know why. I think I think Riverboat Ron's probably in his final weeks as coach up there. But uh, the Patriots, how awful are they? I mean, they, they've fallen from grace, obviously losing There's Brady. There's a fall and, from grace. And I'm not upset about seeing that. But I'm going to go ahead and take or lay those three points and take those Patriots at home. Man, the Saints gave the Colts a little bit of workout last week, did they not? Eight and a half point favorites at home versus the Bears. I'm going to go ahead and lay the eight and a half. That's a big number for a team that I'm very skeptical about. Lay that eight and a half and give me the Saints, however, against the Bears, Brent. Yeah, the Saints, they, they think they got the firepower here. Justin Fields still in back. I think he's another yep. week out. Uh, I think the Saints are starting to click a little bit. You know, they got some good stuff going on. Kamara's looking good. You got the, you got three great receivers there. I think they're going to actually light it up at home. I think they're going to cover that eight, eight and a half as well. I'll take the Saints with you, Johnny. Tommy S. is a good guy. I'm going to make this my larceny lock of the week. Because lock it up. Any team worse lock than the North up. than the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears. <laughs> <laughs> lock it up. I think, are they starting the rookie again this week? Yeah. Is Phil, okay. I believe yep. so, right? Yep. Last check they were. Yeah, yeah. The Saints seem to be getting it together. They rolled yep. the Colts last week. I'm going to lay that eight and a half. That's my lock. Got a little like practice it. time against the Colts last week in that defense. Certainly in the secondary, they did. Larceny Bourbon locks. Luna doesn't want to keep the shots. Giants and. The Vegas Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders are one and a half point favorites. This might be the ugliest game of the week. Aiden O'Connell is <laughs> going to be the starting quarterback now out of Purdue. I really want to see him do well. This is going to be a great test he, pattern for him. Board. I just think it's going to. I don't think it's going to happen. Give me that point and a half. Or give me the Giants on the road. They suck. The Raiders suck. We all suck. But give me that point and a half on the road, Brent. Both teams suck. I think this is going to come down to a two point yeah. game, John. It's going to be twenty to eighteen. But you know what? I think the changing of the guards in Vegas, I think. Getting, the guard changing. The guard changing going on. I think you got Aiden O'Connell. He's going to get in there and get some play finally. I like him better than Danny Nichols. I don't think Danny's been throwing dimes this year. I'm going to go ahead and take the Raiders, lay the one and a half, Vegas. <laughs> Tommy. Boy, Danny Nichols got his nickels and said, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Money, suckers. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I like Aiden O'Connell. I mean, I'm an IU guy, but. He's he's easy kid to cheer for. Uh, he you, is. you just like him all yep. the way up. He worked, Tommy. Yes. So, so you know, I think changing the guard, McDaniel's. He's yep. trash. He's out. Uh, give me the Raiders. I'll take that. Look for Devontae to have a huge, huge game in that Devontae's game. Devontae's angry. That's not a good place to be. I did also forget. Let me back up real quick, John. My, I didn't my, get traded. I'm mad. You're so not traded. Numbers. You're not traded. You're, you're staying on. You're, I'm you're, here. You're just Thank like you Devontae. Uh, Lunasville shot of the week goes back to the last game. That yes. Saints game. Taysom Hill. That guy has been playing. That's only against out. the Colts, though. It, well, because apparently they don't playing, recognize what the hell he does. But they're playing the Bears, which is even worse. So he's going to come out, but he's put up fourteen to eighteen I think points. Matt Eberflus will recognize what he does. I think he's going to have this his hands Taysom full. Hill I do. Taysom Hill is a wow. he's a hybrid tight end. When he goes in the game, sometimes he does this. He does it all. He can like run it, throw it. Sometimes he does. Blank. He's all over the place. He's all over the place. Anyway, that's my Lunasville shot Swiss of the Army week. Knife. Eagles host the Cowboys. That's a good one coming up this weekend. Three point favorites of the Eagles. Lay the three. Give me Philly, a non-believer right now, still in Dallas, Brent. I think this game's going to end in a push in this game. I think this game ends up 27-24 Eagles. That's your matchbox 20. I'm st- it's my matchbox 20, Johnny. Push. I tell you that I think, uh, it, but again, I think it's Dallas has been playing really good lately too. So you got to watch out for that. But Philly, they haven't put it all together this year, but I think they're starting to get it going. I think, and, and just for my dis- disliking of the Cowboys, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles fly out. <laughs> Tommy. Yeah, I mean, Phillies are, Philly is the best team in the league. Seven and one. Looking good. Dallas, I'm just not sold on them yet. Like, I know they've looked good the last couple of weeks. Don't forget the Giants put a beat down on them. Or the uh, 49ers, I mean, put a beat down on them. Now the 49ers are struggle bust, so. Yes, they are. Um, I like games in Philly. I like Philly. I'll, I'll lay those three. 
Lastly, Bourbon Locks, the Lunasville Tequila Shots. How about the Bengals and the Bills? Oh, how that looks. Remember game. what happened a year ago, last time these two teams Massacre met. Massacre in the snow. Well, and then you had the DeMar Hamlin thing that going too. on, too. So that was uh, that was happening right there. I I look at it this way. The Bengals are one-point favorites. I think now we have seen the, the Phoenix, and this is a horrible analogy, rising here in terms of Cincinnati. Like everything is getting back on board now. They're going to be like what we expected. I think this for me is an easy lay of the one and give me the Bengals coming up this weekend. Brent? Another tough game, but this is one of those big three, right? They're all nice and separate. You got that Miami game very early. You got the afternoon game with the Cowboys-Eagles, and you got the night game coming in. I, I think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going, to go me, ahead, I'm going to go ahead with uh, Litzy's Bengals since Litzy's going to be there. And I saw they're going to have a stripe-out pattern going on there over there in Cincinnati. So Cincinnati Bengals Litzy. for Litzy. Litzy's such a great guy right there. We love Litzy. What do you got, Tommy? Yes. Yeah, it looks like uh, Joe Burrow is finally healthy. That, that cap's not bothering me anymore. The Bengals seem to be back. Got a big win last week on the road in San Francisco. True debt. I'm rolling with you guys. Who day? Who day? All right, Jets and Chargers. Holy crap. I don't like any of this right here. No, the Jets are right now on a mission. They're on a mission to see if Aaron Rodgers can back up his word and be good to go by the time they're in it late in the season. No way. Which is funny. There's no That's Achilles, way. Man. That's a year. I, I want to see it, though. I kind of, I mean, I don't want to say that. I don't want to see anybody get injured, but I would like to see him try it, I guess. If he so, can do it, he's the wizard. So. Chargers are three-point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and take that three. Give me the Jets, Brent. God, I never would have thought I, I'd say that. I never thought I'd be agreeing with you on You're that. You're propelled, aren't you? I am propelled, and I will tell you what. <laughs> not only is Aaron Rodgers going to be back this year, he's going to be back and do yeah. some. He's going to do some damage to him. The dude's kind of superhuman. He may do damage, but it may be to something bit, else. Yeah. Tell. But he is. You see him throw it out on the field, I and mean, he's out there. He's going to be back there. He's going to prove everybody wrong. So, just for that reason alone, I think I think the Chargers win at 21-20, but I'm going to take those three points. We'll get the cover. Maybe get the loss, but give me the Jets He'll as be well. okay until his foot falls off. <laughs> Let me slide out of the pocket here. Oh, wait a minute. My foot fell off. Rodgers might be one of those guys that plays like Brady until he's like 45. You never know. He's in such a good health. Yep. So, well, not right now, obviously. What but kind of drugs and medications my man on? We can't speak like about that, that on air. Yes, we can. Oh, <laughs> we can. A lot of them. We certainly can. He, a lot. Hey, he likes to. Do, he likes to go out and do these uh, retreats. I guarantee that dude's been out at the Joshua Tree before. Well, he? he's seen There's several no Joshua way. Trees. So. <laughs> <laughs> See Joshua Trees that weren't real. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Tommy, yes. Did you take your shot at this game? Did I miss it? I have not yet. Um, you know, the, the Chargers are kind of disappointing this year. As powerful as I thought they were going to, and be. they always are. That's just kind of they a are. They're a letdown team. They're going against a Jets defense that's pretty darn good. I think Herbert is my fantasy quarterback. He's kind of struggled this year. He's going to struggle this game. I will actually take the Jets and wow. the three points. We're all three on the Jets. That's, that's crazy. That's I think we're all we're such losers. I think we pretty one. much have. All right, Colts and Panthers. Uh, Colts have just, oh, gosh. You look back at the Browns game, certainly. You look at last week against the Saints. Let me tell you this. Last year against the Commanders, and then luckily it didn't happen for them, it was, uh, it was Heineke and not Carson Wentz. Uh, that shot down, if you remember, the Colts here a year ago. And we're about the anniversary where Frank Wright got canned. So if the Colts go into Carolina and give up win number two to Frank Reich and Bryce Young in Carolina, that will be a low point of the season. There's no way they can do that. I really don't want to talk about it. Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Lay the two-and-a-half. My larceny bourbon lock of the week, 22-18. Colts over the Panthers. I have really no idea why I did that just from in terms of man if they lose this game 
What a mess that's going to be to talk about on Monday. I don't want to. It is, you know, and, and, and it's it's kind of odd that I, I look at this game and you've got to love the Colts, right? You've got to love the Colts in this situation. Carolina just won their first game last week. But I don't see it. I think Carolina's going to go in. I think they're going to upset them. I think they're well, going. It's going to be a tough game. Adish Sharoff, their play-by-play man, told me yesterday that Bryce Young may be primed to have a breakout game. And considering they got Tommy S. and you in the secondary to the Colts, this might be it on Sunday. So I hope I'm wrong on this one, John, but well, I'm going to take I, I don't the home be dog. Because I don't want to talk about this crapola on Monday. So I'm kind of I'm angling for me, for me in the career, and for me on paper. Here. I'm rooting for you, but I'm yes. going to bet on Carolina. Give me Carolina by the hook, plus three. Tommy, yes. Yeah, it's one of those ugly games we talked about that's happening this week. The Colts are so devastated with injuries on defense, giving up tons of points. Going against Bryce Young, maybe this is the game they can get. You know, go they got one right to see Adam Thielen. They got they your got, guy. They got Adam Thielen, my You're dude from Minnesota. You're a big fan. He's looking good this he's year, too. He's got zero drops this year because hey, the dude's got glue for hands. He does. I miss him up there. But yeah. Jordan Asson, thank you. He stepped in. But I'm going <laughs> to take – I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to roll with them. Let's go, horse. Let's get that. Because you don't want to have to have me talk about losing to Frank Reich. I just want happy on people Monday. in my bar on Sunday. <laughs> can you tell? Are they very unhappy patrons when the Colts win? You or can, lose, I should say. You can tell when, when the Colts win, it's a party downtown. When they lose, it's kind of somber. Yeah. People, they drink either way because they're happy or they're sad. But, you know, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll take the happy drunk. That's right. We yeah. like the happy. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.